Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let the uh, intro run a little longer, let people get into their seats, fill in, you know, the orchestra's warming up, and here we are, live on YouTube. I'm Thomas Frankhard, Nate Bauer here on the BWI Live Show. Welcome. I hope you're ready for some season preview material, because, Nate, uh, uh, it's the 28th of June, which means we are like four weeks away from the start of Penn State football at fall camp. You know, it happens yeah. in the middle of summer, but it's fall camp because as soon as that's done, the season starts. So the doorstep, we are standing on it right now. Yeah, I've, I felt uh, I was so looking forward to summer. I, like it was like a big point in my life where I was just like, man, I'm I'm really ready for summer. And now it's half over, half over, almost <laughs> over. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like it's really flown by. But to be honest with you, uh, just given the subject matter, like let's uh let's pull back the curtain a little bit right we are tasked with being objective and mm-hmm. uh, right non non-partisan for football teams <laughs> um yes but it is it is a different feeling as a journalist heading into a season where there are expectations for really two ends of the spectrum right either six and six and just disaster you're you're watching the train wreck or extremely high expectations right it's yeah. like things things change it's a, it's a little more dull when the expectation well nine and three eight and four what well, you know right like it's kind of ho-hum whatever but, I, w- uh, I would say even the the 10 and two expectations are ho-hum at this point where penn state i understand we have the blip of 2020 2021 but under James Franklin, 10 wins, like almost lock it in 10, 9, 10 wins. And people are like, eh, I don't care anymore. It's got to be 11, 12 wins. I, I still I still look at, I, I guess, having my perspective or seeing it the way that I do, I still see the grind of 10 wins. I still see 10 wins as being a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong. And, and uh, it, it just it just creates a little bit of a buzz, right? I mean, uh, certainly I understand from from fans' point of view, but if you're looking at it from from our seat, where this is year 19 of of me doing this, it's it's you know the the vibe, the the ability to get juiced up for football season changes. I would say it fluctuates from year to year, but yeah. this year, yeah, I'm I'm pretty juiced up. I think it's going to be a fun year to cover. You know, it's funny, like football is my existence, and whenever I think about football season during the summer, there is a there is a weariness, like a blanket that goes over me. And despite the fact that I love it and I'm like the, the adrenaline of even just all the things we have to do gets me jacked up. Like I, I like the pressure of all the things, but like in this moment, it's always that, that push and pull of, 
there is so there is a storm coming. And also, <laughs> there's a storm coming. So we're going to talk about what this team is going to be this year on the show yep. today by previewing the top five position groups. You wrote about it over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Um, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I'm going to give my top five as a counter to yours, and we can argue about the merits of my top five, or we can compare them both. The only, uh, for, for people here on the show that know that I like to make all the fancy stuff, we don't have any graphics for Nate's top five, and it's not because I'm selfish and I want to have my stuff shine. It's because I was trying to respect his, uh, his work over at the website and not just blast it on the internet for everybody to see. So, Nate, uh, we're going to get yeah. to that in just a little bit. Yeah. But your expertise, that where your bread is buttered, is a front office insider. Getting all <laughs> that information about the machinations of politics and money and NIL. Uh, yeah. So you, you wrote about this, I think, yesterday. There's a high-profile NIL event is how what you yep. described it as coming up. So can you just set the stage for us in, in what is one of the most important things in football right now? with NIL. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, certainly James Franklin has made it clear over the last, um, you know, really two years, how important NIL is. And Penn state has had, uh, I would describe it as kind of fits and starts, right? I mean, it's been, it's been some success, some, some, uh, kind of painful spots. And honestly, if you're on our premium message board, uh, Sean Fitz is talking about it right now and, and some of the impacts that it has had in the recruiting front. Um, you know, so so Penn State has this big event, right? Uh, July twenty seventh uh, in Avalon, New Jersey, which I understand there's there's a little, been a little bit of a um, uh, I don't know pushback is the word disgruntled, uh, but some fans you know see this as like well, it's not really very accessible to the metro Pittsburgh area, uh, DC, right? Avalon is you got to yeah. if you're going to Avalon, you're going to Avalon. But the point is. This is like a big, a big money donation, right? Tickets start at two thousand dollars for two hours with James Franklin, uh, three thousand dollars for a couple, five thousand dollars gets you two tickets to the the duration of the four hour fair. You and I aren't familiar with these things, T Frank. These are not. No. Uh, we are not the audience for <laughs> the. We are at the shore, but guess what? And and this is an important thing to remember. While we may not be, and some of our YouTube uh, viewers, I'm, you know, just based on the the the, the likelihood of being a one percenter, <laughs> right? Literally, the statistics would say probably not, <laughs> right? But but no, but the but the the key thing to remember is there is an audience for that, right? There there are mm -hmm. people out there who, um, you know, are capable and willing to to make that type of investment in Penn State. Uh, it, at least it's NIL operation. It's NIL arm is counting on that happening. So there's a, there, there's, this is, this is a big for the non direct contribution from a business or an individual. This is, this is the type of thing that I think, uh, is, is being seen as a, a gateway to opening up some, some funds on a bigger scale more quickly. Yeah. Maybe. How important is this, the success of this? You know, the obvious question, but how important yeah. is the success of this particular event? And is this the, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, is this, I haven't heard of this particular type of event before on this scale. Is, yeah. is this the first one they've done? Well, it's, uh, so 
yes, you know, look, there, there's a lot of ways to, to get things done. Okay. And so whether it's a personal phone call from James Franklin or the direct interaction, I mean, certainly we've seen inch and company in York have quite a bit of a social media presence featuring Penn state players of yep. which Penn state players have been, uh, you know, the recipients of their funding in a lot of ways mm -hmm. for NIL opportunities. So like that's, that's a positive for Penn state football. That's a positive for those players. This broadens it a little bit, right? Instead of the six figure, seven figure donation or seven figure comp contribution, this is okay. Get it down to four figures, but you can get some FaceTime with James Franklin, right? You yeah. can talk about this with James Franklin. There are going to be players there past and present, um, you know, uh, including Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, are, are, all of those guys are going to be there. Uh, some past players, I believe Kajana Carter is on tap, LeVar Arrington, I think, Mike Maudie. So th there's a bunch of people who will be at this and like, that's, that's the sell. That's, that's, that is, I think ultimately the model that Penn state is going to have to settle in on is you can't just ask for a non-business arrangement and not expect to have to give something in return. Okay. And so, whereas right. a business relationship where you're donating and you get whatever faces on billboards, whatever, whatever it is, that really contractual that, thing, right? Contractual thing. Like that's one thing. This is something different. This is an opportunity to get yourself in front of the the stakeholders right the pro the prime players and you're not yeah. going to get an advertising deal there's not going to be that type of arrangement on the back side of this but you get to hang out with them for four hours and so <laughs> that that may seem like a costly endeavor to, to some people but to other people it won't be and it'll be an opportunity that they look forward to and take advantage of so it'll be yeah. interesting it'll be super it'll be super interesting to see uh what the what the turnout is what the type what type of reception it gets um you know in avalon next month uh, fits and starts is kind of how it feels like Penn State's NIL situation is going. And depending on uh, how things are going in that particular month might be the temperature of how Penn State feels about its NIL situation based on, you know, just that's my read based on what you've talked about and what we've heard kind of through the grapevine. So how would you describe Penn State's NIL situation as it's developed uh you know, I don't want to go all the way back to where Pat Kraft started, but like, yeah. you know, the recent updates, how would you describe how things are going from what you've heard? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, progress is being made. Uh, you have to enter it with the understanding that it's a hamster wheel. There is no finish line to this. Right. Whatever. There, there is no enough. Right. Like the 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 Ryan Day 13 million dollar figure that was last summer's news that everyone kind of gawked at and was like aghast over 13 million dollars well that it just it there will never be a point where it's like oh well we've hit this and yeah. so now we don't have to try anymore as long as we hit this number and keep going at this number we're gonna be fine that's not that's just that's not the reality is this is an arms race in many respects and the more you have the more effective you are at generating those funds yeah the the more leeway you have, right? The the the, the right. better opportunity you have to 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 bring in the personnel at this point that you need in college football to compete. So it's yeah. um it's, and it's not I mean, but look, it's it's uh, sorry to cut you off, but it's sure. just it's a world away from the intention of 
we're going to, we're going to do something totally different where we educate our student athletes, how to be entrepreneurs. Right. It's right? like, that was the initial endeavor. Yeah. This is something totally different from that. And, and, uh, you know, on the NIL scale, it's important that this is the move that Penn state is making. I had this conversation about defensive tackles earlier this week. Um, and how, you know, we talked about that. We, we put up, you know, the weight gains from the, from the most recent update on the Penn state official roster. And, and, you know, a bunch of guys got bigger and then it becomes like, okay, well they're ready to go now. Right. Like now they're good at football and it's not necessarily like that. It's one thing it's NIL is a part of the picture. James Franklin, his coaching staff, the administration, they just need to be competitive, right? Then everything else that Penn state has to offer is valid. But if you're not in this part of the game, um, yep. I, I guess I don't want to, I don't want to uh, simplify it down into NIL is the only thing that matters because that's not exactly true either. Right. It's no, not, not at all. I th look, this is a, this is a side dish that is important to have on the menu. You know, right. you know when you go to a, like a fancy steakhouse and the, the sides are a la carte, you don't order any and they bring out the plate and it's just this hundred dollar steak or whatever it is, but it's literally just a steak sitting in the middle of the plate and there's nothing else with it. You and I have nobody, different lives. Nobody, uh, <laughs> no, but you, I just, I can't eat out. That's the, that's the thing. But yeah. yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, you've got to go and you've got to, to, to those places and, and, uh, and peruse the menu for what you want. And you have to, you have to, you're, you're looking for all of those things, right? You, you, you're not going to order a million things, but it's just, it's just important to have something with the steak. And in Penn state's case, the steak is culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. And development player development. That is what Penn state sells. Penn state as a football program is able to say, look, we can put guys in the NFL. We take them from four stars, low or high three stars, whatever you want to say, but it is repeated success of development guys who were not, on track to be first round NFL draft picks, uh, Jahan Dotson, right? Like that's, that's a, a case of yep. developing a player and turning him into that. Um, and, and the examples are endless, right? Olu Fashanu was not, he wasn't going to be that. And now he's going to be a first round draft pick. So right. you have all of those examples. That's what Penn state sells. Okay. That's great. And that's a wonderful part of the meal, but Hey, if I'm going to a fancy restaurant and I, I really want to have the whole experience, I want to side with it. And that's NIL. What's your side? What's, what's your side? Because I'm thinking like the thing that pops into my head is a really nice Caesar salad. What's your side with the steak? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, man. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm throwing out, you know, I, to be honest with you, just because it's so intensive and I don't make them myself. I like a baked potato, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a time intensive process to make a good baked potato. Um, Nate, you're the king so, of yeah. crock pots. You just poke it with a fork and put it in a crock pot with some foil for like four Stop. hours. That's it. Stop. No, that's not. Anyway. Brandon Templin uh, checking in from California. The BWI live show as it was intended. A morning show in, in the Pacific. Wow. So awesome Respect. that we have the, re the reach all the way over to California. Uh, Mike, regular here on the show. 
He's here with us this morning. Glad to have everybody here. The BWI Live uh, mailbag coming up in just a little bit. So if you've got any questions, we got a couple. Josh has a question in the uh, in the chat. We'll be getting to later in the show. If you want to get a question on the air, the best way that we make sure we get your question is if you donate to the channel with a super chat, big old fancy thing on my system here, and then I can throw it on the screen. I see it. We absolutely get to it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to get to the other questions. Great questions get on the show. So that's coming up in just a little bit. Always a great time to remind you, subscribe here to the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel because we just mentioned the season is coming. There's going to be just a downpour of information, shows. We're going to be adding some shows in the fall. So this is going to be, we're going to be live a little bit more here on YouTube. You don't want to miss the changes in, in the format. So subscribe. And if you hit the notification button, You'll get notifications whenever we go live or there's breaking news or we upload videos. Uh, you just get plugged into all of our stuff. And of course, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Right now, there is no special. I love telling you about the specials. Right now, there's not a special for bluewhiteillustrated.com. But here's the deal. The information that Nate was just referencing, his NIL information, uh, Fitz and Ryan, what they've been able to do over the last decade of their careers, getting you plugged into Penn State recruiting, that is well worth the money and uh, you can have conversations with other people like-minded people about Penn State football basketball wrestling everything at bluewhiteillustrated.com on the lion's den message board so sign up can really i worth it can, can i throw in one addendum to all of that t frank that i think sure. is important that i don't think we stress enough uh join the community right like like not just the the like-minded like it is it is a robust group of people who have differing perspectives, different uh, life experiences, but uh, everybody coming into the same place and being able to talk about things that they like, which to me is uh, one of the heavier draws of, of what our site is and, and what I think it's becoming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you get to <laughs> here on the show, you get to tell me that uh, Caesar salad is an awful take. On yeah, that's what a terrible you're gonna take. Get with your Thanks, Here's Mike. the thing. Here's the thing. You're right. I'm not used to having to choose between a baked potato and a Caesar salad. Usually the places I go, you get steak fries and then I order the Caesar salad. It's just all so heavy. I like to have something a little light with the steak and, you know, green beans. Here's another great one. Um, you, green beans go great with a, with a steak, what? especially if you slather them in butter, salt and pepper. Okay. Um, I just it's something like steak and potatoes, guys, is so trite. Yeah, I. I get that, done it okay. a million times. I know, but we could do we could do a steamed broccoli. We could do asparagus. I, listen, I love fresh vegetables. Asparagus is great. Do, That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I just made an asparagus soup yesterday. That was phenomenal. Hey, phenomenal. Uh, quick thing we need to tell quick you thing. about. Uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com here. The live show, our football show, is powered by rogueshop.com and they've got a great deal going on right now right now at rogue shop you can get 20 percent off on all edibles rogueshop.com promo code use the discount code bwi20 uh they've got all kinds of new stuff including their strongest edibles yet uh which you know can help you with a lot of different things i use them personally for sleep uh these are the latest gummies they send them over here so i could show you them uh slap your mama these are not messing around so make sure you are taking them with the recommended dosages from uh, rogue shop because they give you information with every box where they let you know hey this is what you need here how much you take dial it in uh and they'll even you know you go to rogueshop.com they'll help you pick out the stuff that you need 
um, and and your dosage level and all of those things because they're uh, committed to sustainable plant medicine to help you live a better life with all the maladies that come with modern life, including insomnia and uh, you know overstimulation, fatigue, adrenal fatigue, all these things that happen in our lives right now because we're staring at screens and lights and you're constantly on the internet, all that stuff that can dis just diswire your uh, your nervous system. They can help you with all that stuff. So rogueshop.com, use the promo code BWI20 until July 6th to get 20% off all edibles. Uh, and thanks again to rogueshop.com for being a sponsor here on the BWI live show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nate, Penn State basketball, another area yes. of your expertise. you got to commit in 2024, so tell us about the latest Nittany Lion. They did. Late Monday night, Javin Carter, who is a 6'3", 6'2". Some people say 6'2", but I'm going to go with 6'3", because that's what he says he is. 6'3", combo guard out of Alcoa, Tennessee. Um, you know, if if me saying Tennessee and you're a Penn State basketball fan, if Tennessee sounds like, well, uh, it's with good reason. Penn, Penn State has not uh, recruited that area much, I would say. But, you know, look, I think that this is a kid who Penn State had – um, understood, right? Like it felt like it was in on early offered a scholarship to on June 20 or excuse me, June 16, Mike Rhodes went down to see him during the evaluation period last weekend, last Friday night, he, he, he caught him play. Um, yeah. And kid made a decision quickly, right? It's, uh, it's, it's not one that is like, he's not rated ranked any, yeah. any of that stuff. He doesn't have those accolades yet. Um, you know, but for a class of 2024 kid, uh, it gets the process rolling. It gets the the ball rolling. I think, um, you know, in a, in a way that Penn state is satisfied with Penn state's happy with, uh, to, to have a kid that they feel like they got in before other people, uh, started to notice him. He's, he's won, right. He won a state championship in Tennessee at the class two, a level. Uh, he was a player of the year, uh, I believe in his region and he was an all state player. So, has a lot of things that the Penn State likes, and certainly they'll expect to be able to uh, to see him continue to ascend uh, through over the next year, really. So we'll keep uh, up to date on that in the class of 2024. Nate Bauer yep. at .com, uh has all that information about Penn State basketball and the Mike Rhodes uh, era regime. Regime always makes it sound like they're like, heads on pikes outside of castles I yeah think. it's a russian I, dictator yeah no, it's, I, it's a tenure it's a ten, ten it's a i appreciate that i like that better tenure the mike Rhodes tenure it's at it's, ac it's academia <laughs> t frank <laughs> we always do like i i don't i it's it's so true like you're sitting here and you're like what's the right word to use and I, my brain sometimes when i get stuck is you go through all of the words that you're you've heard and i'm like i don't like any of those Tenure sounds phenomenal. Let's get to uh, today's headline, which is Penn State's top five position groups. Because, Nate, you wrote about this over BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. It's a very talented, stacked team. Some years it's obvious. This year, I don't think it's so obvious. So how do you want to handle this? 
how do you how do you want to do you want to go back and forth do you want to uh, react to mine do you want to react to yours what do you want to do here with our top our dueling top fives yeah uh well let's see here we have some overlap for sure so let's yeah. let's just start with the one that doesn't overlap right okay which is uh at, at the five the fifth most talented position group i have the tackles the the, the offensive tackles the offensive um, tackles i yes. went with The safeties. That was a very yeah. long intro on that graph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not time that well. I like it. So the Penn State safeties, I have at number five. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's get all heated and debatey. Put on <laughs> your best Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. Why are you saying the tackles? I don't. I'm, it doesn't okay. make any sense to me. I, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Relax. Um... No, so look, I think that when you have a guy who's uh, a potential top 10, 15 pick in the NFL draft um, at a position that has not been, uh, like it has not procured that type of talent uh, at Penn State, I think it deserves some level of recognition. And it's it goes beyond that because I think that Caden Wallace is from, look, you know, you never know until you see it, right? And yeah. and I get where you're going, and I understand we've had these conversations. But oh, we're going to have them later in the mailbag. Yeah, well, Caden's <laughs> Caden's off season has been really strong. That yeah. like bottom line, and so what you know, some some guys it happens at different points in their career. Maybe it's just a situation where, uh, where he is limited, right? Like maybe that, maybe that's your evaluation of him and he just hasn't gotten better. And, and I don't, I don't know, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, mm -hmm. I'm just saying that the feedback internally, the, the perceptions that have crossed my path over since really the spring have, have all been geared towards Caden uh, Wallace being, having a really, really good spring. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you pair those two guys, when those are your two bookends who should be, in Olu's case, elite, and in Caden's case, very good uh, to great with a backup in, in Drew Shelton that has some experience, some rising talent that they were really excited. Like, it's important for me, regardless of how Drew played last season, when he stepped in and stepped up and like yeah. he got he got a lot of attention for that. But I think that you and I both saw behind that as like, ah, well, there were some struggles there too. There was, yeah. there were some, uh, you know, not great performances, but, but for me, it's remembering how excited Phil Troutwine was about Drew Shelton last August, right? Like the yeah. thing, the, the stuff was already there. There were already, there was already evidence that he was a kid who was going to be in a position to play early. Um, and I think having that experience under his belt, now he can play well. Now he, now he can turn the corner from just playing to playing well. Um, so to have three three tackles, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that deserved a nod uh, in that fifth spot. Yeah, uh, valid thoughts, all wrong. Um, not really well thought out, actually. And now that I think about it, like, how dare you? You've insulted yeah. the community of people that you represent so so fervently. And I just wanted to say that, like, you should be ashamed of yourself and your family. Like, you've shamed your family. Sure. Um, and, and also, how dare you? I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this, Nate. I don't know how to do this. We're doing um, it. Here's, here's the thing. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I also heard that about Caden Wallace last year. And I leaned into that where I, you know, he talked about the areas he needed to get better. He 
you know, and was, you know, based on, you know, what I've seen of him on film, those were the areas he needed to get better and didn't really manifest itself during his, uh, his play early in the season. And of course he got hurt. So, yep. you know, it, I, I'm still, it's still an open question to me. I am fully willing to accept that he got better this off season, but what percentage of that gets him to average to good or great. And, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm not willing to go as far as saying that he is now good. Like, he is now above that uh, in, in certain areas because there are areas where he was deficient that, you know, based on what I've seen of him, it's going to take a lot for him to, to round that corner in certain specific areas of his game. Um, but more than any of that, and not even to talk down on Caden Wallace, it's just that for me, the safety position, there are no questions. There are no weaknesses in that group. You've got four players that can start, four players that can will play, and I see a fewer guys that I have questions about. So you have one more player for right tackle, left tackle, free safety, strong safety, field boundary, whatever you want to say. We got four players instead of three. That's why it's number four on my list because or number five on my list, because a little bit deeper and uh, you know, we have more proven starting talent, except blah, blah, blah at that position. Tight ends, tight ends probably also deserve a mention. That's yeah. Hey, how about this? If you've got a top five, you want to throw it in the chat and and prove both of us wrong. Yeah. Do that. Or if you're watching on replay, uh, leave it in the comments. Your top five, because uh, of course I based mine off of a counter <laughs> to Nate's. And I didn't. Uh, spoiler alert: tight ends aren't in here. But uh, I look. I think there's valid that that uh, that fifth spot got a little hard. I, I expected it to be sort of a, a relatively seamless and easy uh exercise but now it's 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 interesting this is an interesting team that Penn State has this season yeah uh I'll go with my number four to start here T Frank's top five position groups coming in at number four uh linebackers and this is an area where you and I agree that the outside linebackers specifically this yep. group um from what they were last year to this year dramatically changed where they actually have the the talent and and the depth and and is a strength of the team yeah, I think I think that uh, the for whatever reason, and maybe maybe this is my perception. I don't know if everybody else thinks this or not, but like I think Curtis Jacobs gets overlooked uh, quite a bit, actually. Right? Uh, yep. I, I understand Abdul Carter is the hype train and warranted. He, he's really good. Made great plays last year and has uh, so much room to get better. He he, he is he's a, a guy, right? He's a dude. Um, I think Curtis Jacobs got a lot better through from one half of the season last year to the second half. Thought he yep. was much improved in the second half of the season, more productive, made more plays, uh, just just was a better player. And so when you can parlay that into a senior season where he's comfortable out there, you have um, Abdul Carter on the same field at the same time, and as they were last year. I mean, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the interesting thing is that shift was happening concurrent to abdul's climb and yeah. so when you when you get that for another go round, uh yeah i think i think they have uh the potential and the opportunity to be pretty good like on its face and then also have depth and insurance behind that that yeah that has the opportunity to also be very good uh i wrote actually wrote about this uh, uh earlier this week you know talked to curtis jacobs at lift for life uh by the way Fan of the show. We're trying to get him back on the show here before the start of the season. Um, and and I just him 
doing what he did last off last season in the middle of the year. And I go into the details of what, like the context of moving to allow Abdul Carter to have a bigger role on the team and how much of a, a sacrifice I viewed that as given it was, as you mentioned, his, his third year, uh, COVID eligibility. He's still a junior. So he's got more time, but guys want to go to the league and he gave up a prime spot in the defense in order for them to be better. And this year he's coming in, Bigger, faster, stronger. Um, I think not not more dedicated because he's always been a dedicated guy to getting better, but having that next opportunity, that next level of focus and, and that next level of preparedness. I, I think the biggest question is, how do you, it's been all off season. How do you get those two guys on the field at the same time and maximize their impact? Because at times him playing that other outside linebacker position, just the nature of those two positions the the box linebacker will it is the more impactful role so who do you put there and how do you get two guys that have that skill for that position on the field at the same time and allow them both to have impact in in uh equal ways without having you know it's always competition right so somebody is going to take a step somebody's going to have this the more of that but how do you get those guys on the field at the same time, maximize their impact when both of them fit in the same position, I think, pretty well. Uh, let's go to number three, because, again, uh, I think uh, I switched I switched these up, though, actually. So I'll go with Did my you? number three, okay. which is going to make some people angry. But again, we're here for Shock Jock Radio today. Running backs coming in at number three, not number one. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. That's great, Nate. But what about the depth. I understand Trey Potts is here, yeah. but you got two two excellent football players. If you examine the depth of this team, that's one of the talents of the other positions. You got two guys, and and I think Trey Potts can come in and provide a role. But if if that if those guys go down, uh oh, is my is what you got. And so I put him at number three because yeah. you know just depth and be, to I get be contrarian. I think that's I listen, I I I No, you find don't that, you don't think that's fair. You don't think that's no, fine. No, I do. <laughs> I do think it's fair and I do think it's fine. You can't force me. Um right. look, he's uh, uh I, I just I think having that quality at one and two is is rare. I, I don't I don't think you see that quite a bit. Um you yeah. know, and so to have to have both of those guys in that position I think sets them up uh, extraordinarily well. They were they were number one among my position groups just because I think so highly of Nick Singleton and Cadron Allen, and I do think that with Trey Potts, like it's you you've gotten you've gotten to a point with him where he's got something to play for for yeah. sure. Okay, after having some success earlier in his career, gets a fresh start, a fresh opportunity. I think that that. Is uh, you can't necessarily count on a return to form, but it, it's an interesting dynamic going into the season. But yeah, I I just that's that's why the number one for me is that Nick Singleton and Catron Allen are they do different things, and they and both of those things are extremely valuable to Penn State. Uh, we got to blow through the top two here because uh, we got to get you out here in a couple of minutes. I still want to leave enough time for the mailbag. So I'm going to go through my top two because I think it's also going to be illuminating. And, you know, once you get to number two, like number one becomes obvious. So yeah. coming in at number two <laughs> for me in T Frank's top five position groups, we are going with the Penn State cornerbacks. And then at number one, 
the position that is the deepest, the strongest, the most talented, that has future NFL players at it is defensive end. And this is why running back came in number three, because if I go through this list of players and say, okay, Nick Singleton, is is Kalen King better or worse than Nick Singleton in terms of talent at his position, potential to his position? Same thing with Chop yeah. Robinson and Deny Dennis Sutton at defensive end. And when you look yeah. at the, the top-end talent in those positions, and then Cam Miller, another guy I don't think we're talking about enough, where he was so good this spring that Storm Duck decided to transfer. He didn't feel like he was going to be a part of the, the conversation at corner because Cam Miller had asserted himself so much. So those yeah. positions have the high-end talent and unbelievable depth at defensive end. I did better or worse. The Penn State defensive ends, they were good last year. But I, I think this can be the best group ever under James Franklin. This could be one of the best groups in the country if Denied Dennis Sutton takes a major step forward. So 3-2-1, yeah. that's my list. Give give me a Johnny Dixon mention as well. Got to get his name in there for the cornerbacks. I had cornerbacks at three. Uh, I just think that, that as starters, they're really good. But they have they have backups that are extremely talented as well. So that's that's a position group that I'm excited to see this year. And yeah, like you said, defensive end. I mean, they were they were number two for me, number one for you. Uh, when when Denied Dennis Sutton is your backup, right? Because presumably they're only going to start two defensive ends. Uh, <laughs> that's usually how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's the presumption. But when he's when he is your backup defensive end, uh, you know that that uh, will lead to, I, I think, some pretty outrageous productivity and, and some great play. Uh, Manny Diaz, just having a conversation with him this, uh, this summer for our magazine, we did an interview. He, you know, and we know this, okay, but hearing it verbalized from him just brings a clarity to it that it's, it's such a double-edged sword for other, like for opponents of Penn State because if you, if the defensive ends and the cornerbacks are working in tandem at such a level that like, that's where you get elite defenses. Like that's exactly. where you get elite, where you get the interceptions, you get all of these things. That's why when, when you're looking at recruiting and Penn state is, you know, I think they, they need to get a guy at defensive end in the next class. You know, I, somebody has to fit for Penn State this year where they got that high-end elite potential because you don't want to drop off. You don't want to lose what you have right now on defense, which is a combination of pass rush and coverage that makes it really hard for teams. I want to run through a couple of these uh, we got here in the chat. So we'll get some top five. Matthew says DN's number one corners, running backs, linebackers, and safeties. Josh says secondary going with the whole secondary D line linebackers, tight ends, and then O line. And then Eli bringing it in with uh, two cornerbacks, linebackers, O line wide receivers coming at number five. And he has wow. running backs, number one. And then of course, Mike here with linebackers, number one running backs, defensive tackles and tight end secondary. So that is the chat's view of what we got in the top five. I am going to smash on right to our mailbag because we got to get to your questions now.
Okay, so we got to run through a couple of these pretty quickly, but this is, I think, the biggest one we we could discuss today. Ear to the ground from BlueWhiteIllustrated.com's Lions Den message forum. A great way to get a question on the show is to subscribe and throw your question in the mailbag thread. He says, I keep hearing that Caden Wallace has his best spring ever. Also heard he's packed on the pounds. This has been a common theme, Nate. He's up to 341 pounds. And despite the fact that everyone wants football players to be bigger, now suddenly Caden Wallace... Seems to be all of concern that he's even slower. Should we be encouraged or discouraged by Caden Wallace's reports over the summer? You are encouraged based on our conversation in the last segment. Uh, I just want to say this, and then I'll turn it over to you. If a football player for Penn State is getting bigger, they are not getting fat. Like the, 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 the strength and conditioning staff knows what they're doing. So if they're getting bigger, it is valuable muscle density. It is not that they're getting big and chunky. So Caden Wallace should be bigger, faster, stronger, despite his size in varying degrees, right? So, you know, there are diminishing returns. And I, but if, if that's where his body has landed and that's what they've decided for him, I have no problem with Caden Wallace being 340. Yeah, I actually had an interview with him earlier this week. He felt good. That wasn't part of the conversation. We didn't talk about his size, but uh, yeah, there, there's nothing to suggest uh, from that conversation that he is in any way feeling out of sorts over it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the conversation to me about Caden Wallace, like we had before, is just, I don't know that size is going to change necessarily what he was good or bad at last year uh, and in the previous years. Yeah. Like his his lateral agility, his ability to get to reach blocks, his ability to pass protect in obvious passing situations. I understand the concern about being larger and then having those deficiencies to begin with, but here's the other, here's the flip side of it. One of the reasons Drew Shelton played so well last year is because Penn State's running game was strong enough that they could mask some of these issues on the offensive line. They were able to run the football and get effective down in distances where they weren't always in obvious passing situations. So Caden Wallace being bigger and stronger, you know, in getting into double teams better, being able to create more yardage in the run game, maybe kind of like Michigan's offensive line last year, their deficiencies aren't going to show up until you, you know, force them to throw the football. And in those situations, if you mitigate the opportunities, you mitigate the opportunities for mistakes. So with Caden Wallace, maybe he doesn't get necessarily better in the areas that he's worse, but he got better in the areas that he's good. And you can overcome some of those things. Uh, from situational opportunity, I think is one of the things because that's you know that's the biggest thing is is flexible lateral agility and I don't know I haven't seen him play enough to say yes or no in terms of has he gotten better at those particular things. Size doesn't affect those things necessarily. We uh, will find out soon. Yeah, we certainly <laughs> we need to find out sooner rather than later because uh, the off season is getting into the eleventh hour. Uh, this question here, PSU 1986, new member of BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Want to welcome him. Don't know how you got the, the handle PSU 1986. That feels like that would have been one that would have been gone a while ago. Anyway, he says, which year do players make their biggest jump as freshman to sophomore or sophomore to junior? Any concerns about Penn State's talented freshman class with a sophomore slump? Nate, what do you think? Hmm... It's, I think it's different, right? Like I, I would love to generalize, but I, I, I can't say I, I've seen lots of freshmen who have limited impact as true freshmen become very impactful in their second year in the program. But certainly you've seen guys who are slower to develop and it's not even just sophomore to junior, it's junior to senior. 
right? There, there's there's every path. So I, I don't um I I choose neither. I choose neither. But, <laughs> um, but with in regards to concerns over a sl- sophomore slump, no, I don't think so because I I don't think that any of those guys, right? The the reputation and w- and when I say those guys, I'm talking about Singleton, Katron Allen, uh, Denied Dennis Sutton, uh, Abdul Carter, right? Like th- those are kind of the the primary four that we saw a ton of last year. All of those guys have these reputations as being like psycho workers. They're right. they're they're dedicated. They they didn't let it go to their heads. Um, so no, I don't I don't I don't think that is uh, really a concern with that group. Um, and then you just have to see you have to see what you get from everybody else. Yeah, I would say part of a sophomore slump. And Manny Diaz talked about this um, this spring when he just in general talking about linebackers or the defense is like, okay, so you set a level of play last year. That's no longer good enough because we want to improve. Um, But part of the idea of a sophomore slump is when you come out the gate, you're good, but you don't necessarily improve. And now your opponent knows about you. You're not an unknown quantity. So Nick Singleton's a known quantity now. Has he improved his game enough where teams focus on him and he can still make plays? And as you said, psychotic workers. Deny Dennis Sutton is an intense dude. So even as a guy that didn't play and start and have a massive role last year, you know, that's that's what we're talking about in terms of work ethic, getting better, and and that's how you avoid kind of that sophomore slump. Josh asked this question, is Manny Diaz going to use Abdul Carter like the Cowboys use Micah Parsons? I think yes and no. The Cowboys are actually planning on using Micah Parsons basically as a full-time defensive end. They, they switched to that last year. He's too impactful as a pass rusher, so he's going to play less off-ball linebacker. Abdul Carter is an off-ball linebacker that can blitz, but if you talk to any of the Penn State defenders, it's all about pass rush. doesn't matter if it's Curtis Jacobs or Kobe King or Jair Brown. You know, uh, Jalen Reed talked about this year. They all say change, getting to the quarterback can change your life is the way Tig Brown talked about it. So it's not just Abdul Carter. The whole defense. They, he has democratized pass rushing. Uh, but yes, they will use Abdul Carter in a similar way in terms of using him, I don't want to say as a full-time hybrid defensive end, but as a guy that rushes the passer because that is a skill of his and it's a skill in the defense that's highly valuable. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Ditto. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure. uh, let's let's have no. Uh, I think that'll have to be our last question of the day because Nate has to get out of out of here today. Uh, apologize for a little bit of a shorter show, but you know things happen and we uh, we have to get going a little bit early today. So Nate, thank you for your time. Thank you for playing injured today. By the way, always appreciated you here on the show. Thanks as always for having me. I can't wait to do it again next week. We will do it again next week and we'll have uh what actually I don't know about that because next week uh believe it or not I'm doing this thing called uh vi- vacation. I think it's French. So I won't be here Wednesday. Nate, if you want to do the show, be be my guest. More than willing to do the See show. See you in 2 weeks, me. folks. <laughs> we'll talk to you later here on the BWI live show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.